everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what excites them and sometimes we talk about the supernatural. The next couple of weeks we will be talking less about the paranormal and more about the journey of our heroes. What keeps them going and what got them started? This week, we talk to heroes Bobby Weirdo and Cameron of Weirdo Music Forever fame. We are the biggest fans of their taste of underground and outsider art and music and have the best time talking to them about the past, present, and future of all things Weirdo. Please welcome to your head and heart, Bobby Weirdo and Cameron of Weirdo Music Forever. Nice dogs, anyways. <laughs> well, I pressed record. Oh, great! Hi. 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 Uh, do you want? Would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure. Hi, I'm Cameron Murray of Native Fauna. Hi. Hi. Hi, and I'm Bobby Weirdo of Weirdo Music Forever. Hi. Thanks so much for coming here, you guys. Um, Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you um, and your cool chairs. Um, and yeah, I guess, um, basically, uh, I have been following y'all for a long time and just like, wow, like impeccable, perfect taste, like just really, really cool taste and perpetuating, you know, just, um, important stuff, like really important parts of music that I think, uh, need building and perpetuating. Cause I noticed I have a lot of similar musical taste to you, but I feel like um, sometimes that type of music, people aren't the best at promoting themselves because promoting yourself really stinks. It's embarrassing. Um, And I don't know. I guess I've always wanted to be good at it, but I also, uh, it's not part of my personality. So I really respect uh, that you do that. um, And you are a hero to me. Um, and so I, I can't believe you said yes to be on the podcast. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you. <laughs> and I, I noticed your hat is, uh, some of the new music you like. Um, cool hat. Uh, who, who is that? Very guy? cool band. Yeah. Tell me about the Simps. Uh, the Simps are a band that excites us here at Weird Music Forever. Cool. Uh, it's two artists together uh, who are both great in our own right. Um, I dress, E-Y-E-D-R-E-S-S. Okay. And Zahara, spelled with three Z's. Z-Z-A-H-A-R-A. Awesome. So much better than one Z. Exactly. I mean, one Z is great. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Right. They're an L.A. band. Uh, uh, Idress has gone back and forth between the Philippines and here. Uh, oh, wow. Where it's right, and Sahara's from Highland Park. So, cool. total L.A. band. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're a fave here. And so sweet and so cool. And they're blowing up right now. Oh, so cool. That's and, exciting. Yeah, and, and I know what you mean about artists. It's a hard thing. There's these days artists aren't often, it's not just expected that they get to, that they have to take care of the art part of themselves, but promotion and those things don't always go together. It's not yeah. necessarily the same personality or the same skill set. And yeah. both of those pursuits take a lot of time. You have to be 
uh, writing your music, practicing, recording, touring, all those things. And uh, at the same time, there's all these other platforms uh, to think about uh, online, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Bandcamp, uh, Spotify, you name it. Yeah. And so both of those things are, it's tough. It's a tough balancing act. Yeah. And it also, it, it changes so much every year. Like, um, I rem just like when we started Spotify was a concept to me. I'm not like a real good at computer or apps, even on the telephone. Like I just don't really get it, but it's even, even though everyone knew like digital music is happening over the last like seven years, the amount that that has shifted the entire way we consume music is, is completely nuts and so hard to keep up with. And like, even to the point where I think last year was like the highest vinyl sales in years because it's so, that's how bizarre and like unpredictable the industry is right now. And it's, yeah, I think it's like, it is too much stuff for, um, for most artists to do, to keep up with. It just doesn't, it's not, it's kind of like, for me, Instagram is kind of like a video game at this point where I'm like, uh, like open, I'm kind of excited and I'm like, Ooh, like what happened while I was sleeping? <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, I like your thing. And then if I like something that gives me 10 points and if I like, you know, if I comment, like that gives me like 20 points of joy and that, you know, but then like that, that's just in the beginning of the day, but then I probably look at it like five more times in the day. And all of that is, is, is not filled with joy. It's like, um, a compulsion. Um, and, and then you get on the troll level yeah. and that's terrible. Like sometimes you get stuck on the troll level. At least I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I sometimes go on just to find stuff I don't like. Like if there's someone I'm like, I don't, I, they kind of bother me. Like I'll like spend more time looking at their stuff to kind of try and get to the bottom of like, why is, why does this bother me? But then I'll spend like an hour figuring it out and not to no end, you know, and then like go down. I feel like almost every day I go down a rabbit hole of sorrow, you know? <laughs> Especially these days when we have less interaction and exterior stimulus and most of us are staying in the same spaces, home spaces, maybe workspaces if we're lucky. Um, and then seeing this world as we scroll through it on Instagram or something else. And that can be, it could be inspiring, but it could be discouraging. And again, from an artist point of view, it's, it's a strange place to go because you artists might not dare to do something unexpected or unusual or take a risk because you have this immediate sense of feedback and, and perhaps judgment. The yeah. minute you do something and, and it's as if people are telling you right away yeah. if it's good or not. And uh, you're you're quantifying it with numbers and saying, oh, it's this many people say it's good or this many people ignored what I took a chance on. That's not a, a good place for an artist to be psychological. Yeah, that's true, too. I didn't really think about that. Um, that's a really good point is like. It's, it sucks having to wait. Like I could never be an actor. Like you do your job and then 
and then it takes like a year before it comes out. Like I could, I could never do that. At least for us, it's like we record and it kind of gets like mixed, like within like a month or two, you know, I don't really have to wait to see it, but yeah, I guess if it was like, I made a song, I put it up, it didn't react or it didn't get a reaction. I want that would mess with my mind for sure. Like, Especially, I feel like you, a lot of the artists that, um, if we're just going to assume a hundred percent reality is your social media feeds, which is, I, I'm going to do that. But it's like a lot of them are, um, solo artists or like, uh, it seems like to a lot of your favorite stuff is, um, solo people, even if they have a band, but it's like their project. Right? Is that that's a good point? Uh, I never thought of that really, but yeah. I, I could see since weird music forever is often gravitated to people with unique voices that might not. Uh, sometimes it's artists with huge reach, and sometimes it's artists with uh, much smaller reach numbers wise. But that could have something to do with them working on their own. Um, with their kind of vision and in this day and age with technology, doing stuff at home, uh, doing it on their terms. Yeah. It can be a different, as you know, uh, dynamic, uh, the band dynamic versus a solo artist and, uh, more democratic, obviously, when you're in a band and more push and pull and that can be ex- exhilarating and productive. It can also be uh, artistically tormenting to have to make that all work. So yeah, different uh, vibes. Yeah. But it's also, uh, it seems like typically they don't have anyone really to hide behind, which is exciting and probably feels good. Like for me, almost stop it, Tommy, my dog's trying to make the come here. If you want to, if you want to come here, Come here, stop breaking stuff. Sorry. But yeah, it's like I, on, on our music, there's like, I barely sing alone ever. Like barely. Uh, we have like almost every song has gang vocals and, you know, unison, so much stuff. Cause it's too scary to just be like, here's my song. I'm singing it. Like it's me. But you know, like I can't, I can't really imagine being out there on your own and just being like, what do you think? You know, like, um, and that's, I think that's pretty cool that most of the people you're into, it's just like, there's pretty far out. Um, but it's, it's, and it's so unique, but it's them. Um, and I guess, I guess I, I'm, it's probably not that I don't know who specifically I'm speaking about, but I feel like I just like scrolled your, scrolled your gram account, you know, to like see what was going on. No, that's a really interesting observation that, I don't know if either of us have ever really. Yeah, you could say there's. I hadn't. It's as Cameron says. It's a. It's a good observation. I hadn't thought of it. Certainly, off the top of my head, someone like Gary Wilson's a great example of that. Yeah. Someone who marches to his the his own beat always yeah. has and puts it out there and sings about himself yeah. uh, in the third person and. So uh, cool. Yeah. It's his very own vision that's really yeah. How um, do you do that? I always just think of like 
like sometimes I think of like, and this is not outsider stuff, but I, I think of like Bon Scott, like singing to himself, like be like, yeah, that's a rad voice. Like I have a great voice. And then being like, I'm going to be a singer, but it's like, just as easily people could have been like whoa you have a horrible singing voice like you know so like just that thing that makes someone be like no i this is me i am a singer i am a musician and i just i wonder you know what that like magical quality is because i kind of want that to just be like you know like be a human on your own like making your stuff and you know and not like hiding behind and I think you have that though. I mean, maybe not, maybe you're not going out and performing solo, but just the fact that you're getting out there in front of crowds and leading a whole band of people. I mean, that's really something too. And, and that takes talent as well, you know, um, getting along with different people and different people's wishes and, you know, um, yet still, you know, it's, it can be a push and pull too with like control and keeping your vision, but yet, you know, um, truly working with other people and yeah. doing well. Well, I wonder yeah. how a lot of, like, I wonder how people that aren't like, um, a band are kind of getting through this. Cause I can fall back on like, like my band is like, what is going on with the band? And I'll be like, Oh, sorry. I forgot. You're right. Like, all right. All right. All right. You know, like someone's pushing me, but I guess, yeah. I wonder like, how, how are you? So you're writing stuff now. Um, how are you doing it? Tell me how you're doing it, please. <laughs> um, I guess not to sound strange, I'm just doing it. But I do have a band member, um, Heather Helkis, who's awesome. And she she definitely pushes me. She'll she'll just kind of nudge me. When are we going to, you know, when are we going to play a show again? When are we, you know, I'm going to forget all the songs of you not know, careful and I need to learn the new ones and so yeah. she's really great that way, but that's cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, I definitely have gone through long periods of time, um, you know, working on different things and unfortunately not music, but, um, it'll feel kind of strange. Like, I'm, but I think there's been, I mean, this whole time has been so crazy, so insane, but I think it's also, there's been some benefits and certain things that have quieted down and we're in both individually it's in such a, um, a fortunate place yeah. to be able to take the time to work on things like, you know, and, and Bobby is not just weary music forever. He's also a musician himself and he does great music and he's been writing a lot of music as well, which is very inspiring to Bobby hasn't, but Oh, Bobby hasn't. Oh yeah. What do I know? Well, <laughs> I, mean, I think it's important I think artists, like you talk about how does an artist, whether it, you have, uh, I think it's important to band names or project names aren't just for fun. I think they put an artist in a place. So when you say Death Valley Girls, that immediately sets you up for something. When Cameron says Native Fauna, right. that sets you up for something. I, I think that um, those names or if I'm Bobby Weirdo and Weirdo Music Forever, that set, that sets the tone and says, here's my world. I'm going to be working within these parameters. And, uh, maybe that's part of what helps say the, the bravery of a solo artist. And that's that really interesting. 
that's really cool. That that makes sense to me. I think that's really cool because I guess it is outside of yourself in some ways. Right. Um, yeah, I just personally like um, had have uh, suffered f- from being like the most shy person in the world with like the worst stage fright ever. And so I'm still in my mind that way, even though it's, I do it, I'm still just like, how do you even do it? But it's like, I guess I know how. Um, but can you talk a little bit about like how Weirdo Music Forever started? Sure. Um, <laughs> the, the impetus behind Weirdo Music Forever, because we're talking about roles and that's why, uh, I look the way I look today is I don't, it's not that it's a secret, uh, who all the contributors are to Weirdo Music Forever, but a lot of times it's, it's really artist driven and artist focused. And, uh, I never wanted the Weirdo Music Forever to be about the people asking the questions and that kind of thing. Because I, I, as a fan outside of this experience, I'm frustrated when I see that uh, in an interviewer leading an artist or wanting to set the tone completely and not talk about what the artist wants to talk about or what, what, what the artist is about. Yeah. And in another role in this life, I would be at events, be at shows, be involved in music and look around and not feel that it would, that the music that I enjoyed or that I was experiencing was being celebrated and acknowledged. Uh, if it didn't fit into some kind of a parameter, if it, nobody wanted to talk about this band if they didn't have a new album out. Right. Or nobody wanted to talk about this artist if they weren't pulling 500 people to every show. Yeah. But I saw those things as significant and I, knew I felt compelled to talk about it and other people felt compelled to talk about these artists to me. A lot of people would say, Hey, I went to a show and there were only 20 people there. It was amazing. And I'd say, I know, right? That, that person's crazy. It's like the coolest thing ever. And so it started kind of from that of saying, well, what if you didn't, uh, as of now, where the music forever lives completely online So there's no, you don't have to worry about length of interviews or pages or coverage. There's not a a financial mechanism to speak of that it, that there has to be some sort of a give and take. Uh, so there's a purity of the topics. So this is interesting stuff and it's a connection. Death Valley girls, we were talking offline, the three of us earlier and how you wouldn't think that Death Valley Girls falls in any kind of an outsider uh, category, but Death Valley Girls is part of that story, interestingly enough. <laughs> Even though there's like a rock and roll vibe, you're doing it your way, and it's that spirit that hopefully Weird Music Forever captures and brings to people's attention, and also on the fan side of it, getting a lot of people reaching out to us and saying, hey, I, and it's not as if we can respond to every single one, but we appreciate every single time someone says, have you heard of this person? Have you heard of that band? And there's been a lot of great stuff that we've experienced on that. End. And all over the world. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, that's... Uh, what's that? 
it's wonderful. It's yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. I can't. I was trying to think of what, um, like, what tied it all together. Uh, which I think you know, just because of the uh, nature of an interview. Even though I was just like, oh, I kind of, I had no, I have no idea who you are, but I just really like what you do. But I guess is there something that you think is a common thread, or are is the whole point about not having a common thread? Uh, I think it's both of those. If that's not a cop out answer, <laughs> that. The common thread, there's just kind of a spirit. It doesn't always mean that every single song or every single album is always, uh, it's not going to be the same genre. It's not going to be for everyone. But the spirit of, in this day and age, not having to, uh, not have, if you don't want to, you don't have to adhere to the same rules of, old school, mainstream gatekeepers, there is an audience for this. And that's kind of another way that I got into this was finding out not everyone in my personal life wants to hear about music I'm involved in or music I like, but because of the way that the internet is, I hear from people in Kansas or India or Germany or all over the place that had similar tastes or interests in music and why not engage in that? Because I think it's important that anyone who wants to participate can and age shouldn't exclude that. And hopefully finances and geography and all these limitations in 2021, the more, while we can't eliminate those barriers, there's certainly a lot more people that can be reached. Uh, by doing this sort of thing. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, I have a question for you, and I don't know exactly. You can answer it, both of you, uh, personally or as uh, Weirdo Music Forever. But um, one thing I like to ask people um, on the podcast is, like, if you had, like, your cosmic business card, like, if you were to, like, be like, this is... This is who I am. Like for me, it's like, I'm a musician and I'm into optimisticism and dogs. Like I want, that's like kind of like your gravestone or something like your purpose, your, you know, like what, what would your cosmic business card say? E either one start. <laughs> Why don't you take it? Oh, that, that's tough uh, to come <laughs> up with on the spot, but it would certainly... <laughs> To be something about uh, lots of walking. Oh, wow. And, cool. Uh, art and perseverance. Wow. I need to clap if that's okay. That's Thank great. You. That's so cool. Congratulations. Like, Thank you. That's super cool. Do you know uh, what yours would be? <laughs> goodness. Well, through music in so many different ways, I feel like it's been a way to connect to my higher self. If that doesn't sound completely, I don't know, pretentious. But it doesn't sound pretentious. At I can't all. think of a better way of connecting with my higher self and connecting with others than through music and art. And um, you mentioned stage fright. I, I, th I thought of myself as a very shy child, but but for some reason, I actually loved 
performing. And then it just kind of snowballed. Like, it's not like I was in a lot of theater as a kid, but there were a few moments, you know, and they felt life changing to me. And, um, you know, so being able to do music, being able to do art and to connect with others and also like push myself, I suppose, outside of my comfort zone. That's also really big. And, um, that's something you're into. That's yeah. so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Don't always do it, but, <laughs> but no. I, I think that's, that is really, um, sort of a focal point for myself that's, as an adult. That's amazing. That's super, super cool. Like, thank you. You should be super proud of yourself because thank you. <laughs> feel like that's something easy to forget is to push yourself, you know, um, or to even try at all. It's so much easier not to try. Uh-huh. <laughs> like my favorite thing is dreaming. Like I, I could try and dream all day. I'd rather honestly do that than almost anything else. But like the few times I do try and do other stuff, I'm like, yeah, I tried. Whoa. Um, that's super cool. Well, that's great though. If you're, especially if you're in touch with your dreams and you know, I, I think it's easy to, at least for myself, I kind of go through all different phases where maybe I'm sort of depressed and kind of blocking things out a bit. Yeah. And then I won't remember any of my dreams or I'll oh, have, really? or I'll have, you know, kind of very vivid nightmares and they'll be like, okay. You know, I mean, I love right now that you have a whole fleet of UFOs behind you. It's kind of like they're all serving you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not concerned, unfortunately. Yeah. By the way, when you said you signed off a phone conversation we had recently with something about, it was something along the lines of have cool oh, yeah. dreams. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Did say that. And I almost never remember my dreams, and I don't even remember what they were now, but I did have a lot of dreams that night. Oh, and- wow. Cool. I woke up a couple times in, during the night and keyed in on that fact. So you must have set me up for success with some dreams. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's... I've it was been, really neat. Yeah, I've been focusing a lot on dreams, like... um Well, mainly at the beginning of this quarantine, I noticed, like, pretty much everyone that I talked to was just having just really intense dreams, even people that typically don't dream. So we did a dream survey um, and we, uh, I can send it to you guys after if you want to do it, but it's like 10 questions about dreams. And I guess it kind of made me realize like, I don't want to be a scientist because I thought it was going to be like, because it, the, it makes like pie charts. And I thought it was going to be like, 75% of people now that the pandemic has started feel this way and seven, it's not like that. It's, it's so, you know, it's like 40 people, 40% think this 30%, you know, it's like, it's not as much fun or exciting or like in your, like in your face, but it is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, it seems like for a while, everyone was really having extreme dreams and, uh, and I was like, we got to get to the bottom of this. We got to help the dream researchers. But, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, I have like apocalyptic dreams, like a few times a week, like major, major, just where in all of reality shifts very quickly, like um, in one way or another. And I'm, or like I'm working for the CIA, like, and like there's this one shark that has like, one like 
capsule in its body that somehow it by accidentally swallowed and we have to find this shark in the ocean or else like all of humanity is doomed and like wow. really really intense dreams but i it's way more fun to me than like i don't know most stuff <laughs> i don't that's know that's so funny you, you said the thing about um the cia like a dream that you're working for the cia and <laughs> It's odd because I haven't remembered a lot of my dreams since COVID began and the, this pandemic yeah. lockdown, but I did have a strange dream that I was like a spy and that wow. I was doing, and it was kind of not my usual way of behaving, but there was like really important information I was trying to get down to the bottom of. And this friend was helping me on the technical side of things. And it was just, it was really, um, you know, a nail biter. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I succeeded, you know, on the astral with my mission, but I that's think so. so. Cool, yeah. I, that's yeah. So, so cool. we we should talk. You know, the the agent talk later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you seen UFOs like kind of UFOs behind you. Wait, what's that? Have you seen UFOs like the UFOs that I see behind you now? I haven't seen like well. You know what? To be perfectly honest, this is so. Uh, weird is I, I'm like pretty heavy in the ET and UFO community. Like um, I like to go to conferences and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm part of like a support group for abductees and contactees. I'm not personally one, but you know, this is so weird, but on Christmas this year, um, I saw a UFO. Uh, wow. I, I can send you the video after. Cause it's just, it's just so, so weird, but uh, like everything about, um, everything about that day was so strange. Like I wake up super, super early every day for some reason. <laughs> and like this day I woke up at like 11, um, for, which is just really weird. Um, you know, if you wake up at like seven every day and then on this one day I woke up at 11 and I went to this park I usually don't go to, um, and I looked up and there was, uh, there was a UFO. It, it, it at first looked like a cigar shaped one. Um, and it was, you could like, you can see a plane fly by. So it's, there's like perfect way to, uh, view like the depth of it or anything like that. Um, and then when it turned, it kind of looked like one of these. Um, but it had four lights on the bottom. And I was just like, what the? Fuck. Like, and I filmed it for like 10 minutes and I was just like, I'm, this is, uh, it, uh, it's a UFO. Like, everybody, it's a UFO. Like, there's a UFO. Um, and then I realized I hadn't looked at my dog in the whole time or didn't know where she was. And I looked down and then when I looked back up, it was completely gone, um, from the sky, which is not that possible. Um, so I have seen a UFO. Um, so unexpected, so unexpected, <laughs> you know, like that was here in Los Angeles. Yeah. In the Valley. Um, I'm staying in Sherman Oaks right now. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, just hanging out, hanging out in the Valley of all places on Christmas. Um, and I sent the video to, uh, my group and they were like, this is very compelling very compelling so yeah that felt pretty good um have you guys seen a ufo i've not seen a ufo i've seen some very strange things though that i can't quite explain 
Um, I did have a very intense dream early on in the pandemic where it was, I think we were driving somewhere and looked up and saw like a whole fleet of like a, a mothership. Well, and I was like, oh, now what? Because yeah. I felt like it was definitely something sinister <laughs> that we were in trouble. And um, I was like, oh, okay. I guess this kind of makes sense. Like everything is very, you know, I feel very vulnerable right now. And, yeah. And like, how is this current, you know, I feel like it definitely had something a lot to do with just all the chaos going on. Yeah, for with, sure. You know, politics and protests and rioting and just people dying. And it just, it was, but it was, it was very vivid. And, um, you know, uh, but no, I've not actually seen technically a UFO. So, um, maybe one day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, I think it's like, I've, I believe everything, like I believe in everything. Cause it's just more fun. Um, but I will, I will still need to be reminded of, you know what I mean? Like that, that was just, that was a couple months ago. And I, this is, you know, I focused lots of my life on this topic and like, you know, it's, it's, well, that was a Christmas gift. Yeah. It was my Christmas gift. <laughs> yeah. And what's weird is I found a bunny rabbit on Easter last year. Oh, wow. So I'm kind of feeling like maybe holidays, like <laughs> maybe in this new dimension we've shifted into, uh, maybe I, I get to find cool stuff on holidays. I'm, I guess that sounds really nice. Yeah. I'm going to take that as I'm going to make that the rule. Um, but yeah, that I did find a baby bunny. It was, wow. I've never found a bunny before, you know, and a baby. it was a baby Very bunny so cute. this big. And I was like, shit, what do I do now? Like, um, but I, I like showed it to this guy on the street and he's like, are you going to take that baby away from its mother? And I was like, mm, sorry. So I put it back. But yeah. But I wanted it. Was, it. We saw uh, rabbits around Easter, but I don't think it was actually on Easter. In Los Feliz, there's um, the, those power lines. Like an radio tower, maybe? Yeah, that go up the hill. Uh, we call it Bunny Hill now. And the oh. bunnies <laughs> seem to be attracted to those Wow. Uh, line. So there's there's some good vegetation too for them mm-hmm. to scamper. And I think that was just a day before or a day after Easter. So we thought that was pretty soon. Yeah. That's so exciting. And so much wildlife early on, um, especially during the and then because springtime, you know. Yeah. Pandemic and it's kind of really cool. We could hear like the water rushing in the sewers, like under the surface. There just wasn't all the sounds of traffic. Yeah. Totally. I'm a city girl at heart, but I, I definitely love, I love observing nature within the city. And yeah, that was exciting. It was exciting. It's, that was like the, the benefit was like, well, maybe, maybe this is going to be good for the planet at least like for a little bit. And also all those, like, I think they're like memes, those really funny ones with like, like, um, just like Earth is healing itself. For some reason, I thought those were so funny. Did you see those where it's like mm-hmm. the stickers of dolphins like swimming in the East River or whatever? Like, oh, nature is healing or 
can't remember what the line was, but I was like that. I really was into that for a few days. Right. I think too, that maybe to a certain extent, just more people were home and able to just take a moment and observe these things. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was a very good breeding season last year too, but, but I think that a lot of that was just more time, like looking at the sky, looking up, looking at the trees, looking at, we saw um, these two raccoons, um, taking a bath and somebody had a kiddie pool in the driveway. Oh, no way. When I, and they were making such funny little noises. Like, we have a video of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that kind of what it sounded like? Something like that. Something like that. There's so many things. Like maybe you would have seen that UFO because it was Christmas, but there are a lot of things for better or for worse that all of us, I think, are seeing and hearing and thinking about that we normally wouldn't have if we were on our kind of breakneck day-to-day schedules that we have. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel personally like this would, I feel lucky. I feel really lucky. Like I had never been home for more than two months in like five years. And it, it felt really like the first time to actually see what happens, like when a record comes out and like get to do all this weird like so many interviews or just like getting to talk to every kid that writes us. And it's like, hi, I have this radio show at my local college. Can you do an interview? And it's like, hell yeah, I can. I've got nothing to do, but talk to you and just like, just get to experience. Like that's a totally different side. Usually it's like you play the songs and that's how people hear them. But just having to do it all like in this way was actually exciting because it was like getting in touch with like what's wrong Tommy yeah getting in touch with each of like the college radio stations and just being able to be like thank you so much like literally without you I you know this would have just been a a, this would have just been a like one release day and then that's gone and I think that's actually something that you were talking about before is it's really the industry is so hard and confusing that it's like you put so much effort in and then it just has like a premiere or whatever. And then it's over. And it's, it's almost like it was getting to a point where there needed to be more and there needed to be change. And it seems like now is a really good time for everyone to sort of figure out how to make it's it, like, it shouldn't be about just one post, you know, and then, and mm-hmm. then it's gone or like a sponsored post of my new song that, put my entire heart into, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it seems like, it seems like there was lots of changes that had to be made, obviously in every area of life, but a lot in music and um, yeah. And I I never had the time before to really like just sit with anything and think about like, what is, what, what are we releasing this for? And it was kind of like, I'm just kind of releasing it for me. Like I needed to get this out of my head, you know, like, um, and I guess, I don't know. I, I think we're all learning a lot about what's important and how to do stuff. Um, I, I think that's a crucial point that anybody who's an artist is thinking about these days. And certainly a message that I would want people that reach out to any blog or radio station or label or fans or anything like that to to get in touch with is 
what you're talking about the process of you're an artist and you're doing it because you you need that experience or you're lucky enough to be able to have that experience through your hard work and your decisions in your life. But um, I do hope that some people are released from that, those expectations that they're, they're always just one. Oh, hi there. <laughs> hi. Are you happy now? Uh, please keep talking. Sorry. Sure. Yeah. Just that, uh, I, I do think that having this break from the schedule and the routine of album releases and live shows, touring, interviews, premieres, um, coverage in magazines and blogs and this kind of thing that, uh, artists can focus on, on just the more pure aspect of it rather than thinking they're always just one premiere away from finally feeling good about yeah. what they did or that acknowledgement that they need from this label or this influencer or something like that. Yeah, totally. It seems, I mean, and it, it was like, um, I'm not ashamed to admit <laughs> it was like, it was all about like getting a premiere, a good premiere that seemed to be a little bit bigger each time, you know? And then I was just like this, no matter where it is, there's 20 stories a day for everyone. There's so much stuff. It's so oversaturated and it doesn't give me anything like, um, you know, just, it doesn't do anything for you to have that. It's, um, and I think like people ask a lot when you put out a record, like, what is success to you? And it's like, it's like to me, it's like being in a band. That's success. Like getting to play that success. But what's not success is that we work on this every day of the year, but we only get paid when we play shows. And so that's where I think like we all got to get together and figure out how to change that. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't really work. Like, this, we haven't played a show in a year. We played a couple, but it's like, I've worked every day. Like this is I, everything I think about is, is that band. And it's so strange to me that we don't get paid for the shitty part. We just get paid for the fun part that I like. And it's like, maybe it should switch. I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, but it definitely seems that it's really not that possible to make enough money for a full band, you know? Um, and that, that totally needs to change. And just like, I think people don't realize like if Netflix was the same as Spotify, it's like, okay, so actors, actresses, directors, you guys aren't going to get paid yet, mm -hmm. but if enough people watch your show, then you could get like a small percentage of the art. You, make. you know, it's like nobody really realizes how, I didn't agree to. Oh, this is gonna be a great opportunity for you. Put, yeah. put your song for free in my movie. Yeah. Or well, it's just like I didn't. Uh, I didn't agree to Spotify. I and you know what I mean. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's there's obviously some benefits. I'm sure. Uh, I think um, makes some people happy. Easy to make playlists, um, but. You know, like it's, it's just there. I don't know mo any other job really where you, you do all the work and then potentially maybe later a company you didn't even sign up with is going to make it so that you 
have money. I don't know. It's so weird. Like, I don't think I don't get how that happened, really. But I think maybe it's the way it is. But, so maybe we have to think of a smarter way to make money with not from music. I don't know. Do you guys definitely, have it's, a, it's um, <laughs> definitely a topic that keeps me up at night. <laughs> but, really? There is something to be said for that, that I do. I do hope that that continues to be a conversation of mm-hmm. it's, it's clear why we want artists to make money because that they can devote more time and energy and resources to their art. That's why we want that to happen. But that being said, there, I think all artists or most artists fall into a trap always or intermittently where that becomes the goal. How can I make money from this? Does this make sense if it doesn't make money? And yeah. that's a tricky thing. And that's, you know, talking about some of those individuals that you've seen in uh, Weirdo Music Forever. Like one of my favorites or one of Weirdo Music Forever's favorites is Jerry Solomon, who back in the 60s would inexplicably record music. And he put out his own seven inches. He'd make about 200 of them. And he had a little uh, moped that he would take out uh, around the Fairfax district and hand them out to people who wanted them. So obviously he was making zero money. He was losing yeah. money. Yeah. And there was no explanation. There's no, ex- we see him to this day. Uh, he is, um, still here with us. He survived COVID painfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has no explanation for why he did that. That was yeah. just, and it's very weird stuff. It, he was actually an influence of Andy Kaufman who booked him. Oh, cool. And he would do things yeah. for the sake of doing them. Like yeah. He would book a table at a restaurant and put an ad in one of the Hollywood newspapers that he would be at table number nine at <laughs> 8 o'clock eating dinner by himself. Cool. Right. And there's no money involved, but it, these were creative acts that here we are talking about them 60 years later or something. And his record, which was going for so much money, if you could find it. Yeah. What was it? Like $1,000 on like, but a label put it out, re-released it. Bobby wrote the liner notes and... That's um, another interesting thing. How there's a market for some of this stuff. He would never get paid 1500 or $2,000 for his actual recordings yeah, uh, on their own merits. But then there's this kind of fetish, fetishization of yeah. uh, recorded music that we see on Discogs and that kind of thing where yeah. people want these rare items, yeah. but they might not go to the... <laughs> They're probably like, get away from me at the time, like, but now... Or now he, he sings when COVID isn't happening. He sings karaoke at the farmer's market here in LA, but no one's going to go and see that, you know, or they will, but not the same number of people that would pay $1,500 for an album. So there's right. all yeah. of these discrepancies where you talk about an artist getting paid and Cameron's talking about the exposure. And I've seen so many charity events where almost everybody involved with the event is getting paid except for the artists. Yeah. The stage uh, company is getting paid. The caterers are getting paid. The uh, venue is getting paid. Everybody's getting money. And then they say to the artist, who is often, generally speaking, the worst paid person involved, 
uh, in general, they say, would you volunteer your uh, creativity for us? Get your band together, practice these other songs that you don't even usually play. Get here super early and often for very noble yeah. causes, and that's great. But it also shows how artists are often the we uh, consider them last when it comes to compensation for their not just their talent, but their hard work and sacrifices. And you've probably made very difficult decisions all along the way for Dead Valley Girls to be a sustainable creative project, which it is. Uh, Tim Burgess's Twitter listening parties. I think we wonder. Oh yeah, I want I want you to talk about that, please. <laughs> it's another positive uh, thing that, as we're talking about, shining light on all these creative people. Yeah, uh, I think at Death Valley Girls, Tim's Twitter listening party would be amazing. Um, Definitely, where you get on Twitter, everybody all around the world hits play at the same time. So cool. Listens to the music simultaneously and then the artist uh writes little thoughts memories shares a photo shares a background story to the uh music so they're tweeting as it's happening and uh tim burgess uh and everyone else involved uh all around the world can chime in can say oh i love this song or ask you a question or that's so uh, cool yeah i saw that that was happening um in in reality in the daytime or whatever um and that's super cool how long has he been doing that he's been doing them a long time kind of it's been a slow burn because okay. he of course is the um lead singer for the charlatans and also has a great solo career so he would do them for those albums okay. periodically uh but as soon as the lockdown went into effect all around the world. Uh, it really ups the game. They just, uh, Iron Maiden did that, just did the 666, uh, listening party recently. And, uh, Sorry, there, that's awesome. it's in all kinds of genres and, yeah. uh, huge artists. Paul McCartney did one, uh, all the way to, People that are dear to our hearts, like Gary Wilson and yeah. lesser known artists. So it's been very supportive and communal and, uh, I think a real proactive, positive way to keep these discussions about music happening and, um, encouraging people to find music, to listen to music, find listen music. to a whole album yeah. from start to finish. I mean, it's, it's a really nice exercise that I think you know, it's easier to forget about. At yeah, times. no, totally. It's so important. I think, I mean, I, it's the, that's the most important thing, especially at any age, I guess. But like, I can't imagine not, um, the amount I consumed each record when I was a kid, like what that meant, like mm -hmm. how much those records are part of me as much as like, my favorite foods were or whatever, anything, just, just such a huge part of you is the music you listen to. Um, it's a whole story unfolding, right? Yeah. From beginning to end. And the, not that you have to do it like that. I love the little samplers that we can take now, pick and choose, but, but I think it's also important. And I think, yeah, just, it was so neat seeing how much it took off. And, um, Tim is just, I, I don't have, you know, enough, 
enough words to really <laughs> say how much I love him. We both. Uh, I have a love question him. for you. We're talking about music and paranormal uh, phenomena. Is yeah. there an album uh, that ha- intersects that those two things intersect with for you? Wow, what a good question. My goodness, no one's ever asked me that. Um, hmm. Crossroads between the two. Hmm. That's a really good question. I don't, I don't know what the answer to that question is. Cause yeah, I feel like for some reason, and maybe this is about to change, I've kept the two very separate. Um, I, I'm the way that I consume music is a little bit strange. I would say is that I pretty much, um, I get obsessed with like one song, um, and just listen to that as much as a person can possibly tolerate listening to one thing, like for maybe a month or so, I will listen to it over and over and over and over and over again. I will make up places to drive to just to listen to it. Um, and I don't like to listen to anything else. So, I don't, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about this because that sounds so exciting. Like maybe I can listen to more than one song a month. Um, and maybe like I know that I write songs for different reasons. Like we write songs with paranormal or supernatural intentions. Um, but yeah, I've not done that, but I really appreciate the suggestion. That's like, you just opened up my mind a lot. Um, cool. Yeah, because I also, lately I've been, this is a weird one, but uh, lately I I kind of was like, everyone always says so much good stuff about exercise. Like, barely anyone is like, oh, God, it ruined my life. Like, I hate it. <laughs> like, it just, once I started doing that, it was like, just felt bad about myself. You know, it's just, I just always hear all this positive stuff about exercise, but I just didn't like the way it felt. Um, and I didn't like to do it, but, but then all of a sudden, like maybe four months ago, I was like, noticed in the morning, I kind of like the way it feels if your heart beats pretty fast. And I, I, just something, cause we, we, me and the dog go on like a hour, walk every morning or two hour walk. But like, I think I like jogged by accident one day and I was like, wow, like not later on in the day, but right now in the morning, I kind of like how that feels like still tired, but like my body's working. And I was like, this is cool. Like maybe I can just do this again tomorrow, like jog. Um, and so I did it for a couple of days and I was like, this is crazy. Like I'm a jogger. I do it every day and then i kind of got a little sick of it and then i was like what if you listen to something that will like help you keep doing it and it occurred to me i should listen to like john carpenter or i could listen to like um danny elfman so i started listening to these kind of spooky soundtracks and it made jogging so much fun because it was like (laughs) kind of like looking around like is there something behind the tree like all this stuff and so i've been stuck in this loop of of loops that i get caught in and i've been stuck in this Wee's big adventure loop Um, for like 
big peewee fans here yeah oh cool yeah so maybe for like two months i've just been listening to that soundtrack um but yeah maybe it's high time i move on what what would you suggest like uh a person with my particular interest listen to uh maybe to explore the paranormal wow that that's a good question and there's we have a here's a weird weirdo pick because it's not what you would think but we think that the neil diamond song Heartlight is so weird uh, okay. so weird Written by... I don't feel a paranormal connection to it. But well, it's, it's, all, just, it's based on it's E.T., weird. which is kind of funny because it's like a song based on a movie that already... I think the movie was already out. That's amazing. And yeah. It's I think very Carol strange. Bayer Sager saw the movie and was inspired to write lyrics about it. And then Neil Diamond ends up singing it. Wow. Yeah, there's probably, there probably is an E.T. connection it, it, that it, made it, that it, happen. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And it, it, the world fell in love with that song. Locally, yeah. of course, we're big fans of Fancy Space People. Oh, um, yeah. There's a lot of uh, intersections there. And yeah, I think yeah. Nora Keys would probably be okay with us saying that there's, that it, it dips into that territory. Um, Definitely. But there's a lot of other ways, you know, I was thinking about the word paranormal. Okay. And it is, I think it doesn't have to be so explicit that we're talking about uh, UFOs or beings from other planets or that kind of thing that we deal daily as musicians with the paranormal. Uh, there's a multitude of experiences that cannot be explained that we deal with, whether that is, uh, I certainly have experienced quite, I would say literally out of body experiences because of music. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, certainly yes. clairvoyance and the interaction between musicians, the interaction between uh, artists and audience. There's all kinds of things that are truly at this point impossible to explain. Yeah, it's that's thank you. Very, very fine point. Very fine point. It's like extrasensory perception literally is is what happens when you play um, and and the connection with audience. And yeah, um, but I'm interested in in your out of body experience. Uh, is that something you could discuss a little bit more? Sure. Well, I uh, I will say that Bobby's alter ego um, experienced it for the first time as a teenager uh, playing drums and playing with a couple of older musicians uh, sitting in. They were, uh, this is in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, where there's definitely like a mentorship, unofficial mentorship throughout the community it's understood if you are willing to play that and show up and hang out that older musicians will help you along and so this was one of those times and i sat in or bobby weirdos uh alter ego sat in playing the drums and the bass player was just 
pulling something out of him. There was an actual movement that was happening. and it was a tug of war between staying within the body and continuing to do the physical, mechanical things that need to happen with drumsticks and cymbals and wow. wood and metal, and then also getting pulled out by this other person. Right. Uh, is the best way to explain that feeling, like kind of like halfway between playing drums and being on a roller coaster. But the music was wow. still being held together. And uh during the set break um my alter ego asked the bass players it's okay like what just happened yeah (laughs) and he just looked at me like very matter of fact and said i just talking with you that's fun right (laughs) and it was fun um but it was an experience of that real power it's and it's impossible to explain that's why i would put it into the paranormal world of more than just beat placement or tempo or something like that but an actual experience of going with the music because music is intangible that's why we love it it's uh it it lives in different spaces. We can record it. We can hear it in person. We can hear it outside, inside, loud, soft. We can change it, manipulate it, and, but we can never physically touch it. Uh, and yet it has an experience like you were talking about with your running, jogging and music and, uh, it affects the way your very heart might beat or, uh, the way you feel physically, and that's that's not nothing. I think that's really significant. Yeah, that's so cool. That's super super cool. I feel, yeah. I talked to um, at the beginning of this. We put out a song. We did like a cover of this band, like Atomic Rooster, uh, which is funny. <laughs> but um, we tried to get uh, interview Damien Eccles. You didn't know that guy? Uh, yeah. Uh, the West Memphis Three. Um, oh. But yeah, we tried to interview him to just ask, like, because he was in prison for so long, like, is there a way to, um, is there any other way to feel that energy, of uh, uh, the energy between humans uh, without he- <laughs> the other humans? Um, just because it was the beginning of, of, lockdown and i was like i don't think i can not play shows i don't know how i'm going to be able to do that but he was like no there's no other way you can get that you need to have other people and i was like damn that sucks but yeah yeah, there's something completely indescribable or maybe it's describable and i'm lazy but yeah some something something happens when you connect um like yeah, our our last record was we didn't do anything in advance. I really like the sound of like improvisation and spontaneity. I, I just I I don't like the way I sound when I sound practiced or um it just doesn't like turn me on or whatever. So we really just like went into the studio barely having anything and me and the drummer just like we just like locked like, and I don't even know what part of us locked because 
I don't even, it was something, some, something somewhere locked and we were, we just wrote the songs together and recorded it. And it was like, neither of us knew the songs, but we both at the same time, like gathered them, you know, like hooked it, pulled it down from the sky and recorded it together. And it's like, I don't know what that was, but it's magic. Um, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but that's so cool. Um, that's cool that you play drums, like lead in the ship. That seems, that seems fun. <laughs> it's definitely, I think it, uh, probably the best instrument for what we're talking about, about the bridge between these two worlds of yeah. the physical and the ethereal and the, um, more like organic versus academic and this kind of thing where the body is making it happen. Our bodies make any instrument happen to some degree, but that is definitely something where you're locking into time and movement and in a way that I think is unique uh, yeah. among music instruments. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's just, it is, yeah, it's the captain, like, you're the captain, you're leading it, but it's, and it's almost like most things, yeah, is you're not following or leading, you're doing it at the same time, but there is someone leading. So it's so strange. It's just like, it's a really weird connection. That's so special. And it, this is a little bit, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a television show on Netflix about uh, Michael Jordan. I don't know if you guys watch Netflix or something. We do, uh, but that show. Yeah, it's, it's incredible because, uh, I'm not a huge, um, basketball fan. I would, I would say I'm not a fan really at all that much, but this show, uh, really explained how the five people dynamic of a, of a basketball team, like psychically, they just know where the other guy's hand ends. Like it's the same thing as a band. It's just like they're so, you know, and they're like, you know, just their bodies are so, it's almost like they can slow down time, which is how I mm -hmm. think about music a lot is you kind of are like slowing it down and preparing or opening up a space for someone else to kind of go. And it's like, nobody knows how long the solo is, but everyone feels it and everyone's in agreement. And we, you know, or like the stones, they don't, have they ever finished a song the right way? Like, I don't think so, but they always do around the same time. And yeah, that show, I can't remember what it's called, but I highly yeah. recommend it because it, yeah, it's just about like how a team works together. Um, it's, it's super cool. <laughs> In the zone. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's magical. Like you didn't, I didn't realize like almost like the poetry that is a basketball team. Like you just think like, Oh, those dudes are strong as fuck and that's how they do it. But it's like, no, they're connected. They're like, it's like being like a giant octopus and they're just like throwing the ball down, like passing it around. And, you know, it's, it's really cool. Um, and that's certainly the upside of when we were talking about the solo artist experience, just thinking about band that. experience, that's certainly uh, something that you in Death Valley Girls get to experience every day that you work together. Is yeah. That thing, which can't be replaced. Yeah. There is. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. There's something akin to love, like falling in love that I feel in those moments when you're just playing with somebody else or group of people and just kind of locking in and 
it's just amazing. And I was just thinking about that, how, you know, the solo artist, you can have moments with yourself, but, you know, it's, it's just a different thing. Yeah. And when it's good, it's, I can think of nothing else better, really. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, totally. That's interesting. It is like, um, yeah, it is. I've never, I've never actually played a solo thing before, but I've been kind of writing stuff just to see what it would be like. But yeah, I think being in a group situation is very unique. Um, and obviously presents its own challenges, but is also, yeah, super fun. And like, I like to think of like my favorite shows we play are ones that are like out of body experiences. And the worst shows we play are the ones where I'm just like in my head, like, you know, like, oh, that drink looks good. Oh, that looks good. Oh, like, I wonder what we're going to eat after. Like, um, you know, like, uh, you just whatever. Anytime my favorite is when I realize like, oh, the show's over barely feel like we played you know mm-hmm. um but yeah <laughs> it'd be such a great feeling kind of like a junkie for it <laughs> i want more yeah um i saw i think that are you gonna do you have some shows set for europe i i mean i think so we it, have who knows but it's yeah. probably good to have something on the books right you know yeah well, um, we we had, it's so weird because we were supposed to go in November and, um, I mean, we were supposed to go in June also and we were supposed to go, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't even really honestly know. <laughs> I think. Sorry, we, I didn't mean to, um, no, it's okay. Or anything, no, no, it's just we had all these different tours and we never announced it or anything because <laughs> it just didn't seem like we were gonna, but, um, thank you for reminding me because people, kind of like uh we were supposed to go in December or November and December and I never said anything but people were like are you still playing here this weekend or what and it's like like no no like are you like what's it like over there I wonder for you know but I'm not sure when we're going back because I think obviously everyone knows why I'm not sure but also I think the UK is being pretty strict with um, with all of that stuff, I think they're, I think tours are going to be hard. Uh, you know, yeah. cause the, the UK is so much fun. Um, and like, it would be really sad to go over there and not get to play those shows. Um, I, I really like Scotland a lot and I love, Oh, I love Scotland so much. Yeah. It's so cool. Like we were going to go, um, last July. And I was going to play my first show in England uh, at Kendall Calling, this festival in um, the Lake District. And I was really excited about that. I was hoping to pick up some other shows along the way. But, um, and Scotland was, was, was a big deal. But yeah, hopefully in the not too distant future. And, and you know, it's, uh, but. I, I think I went to some of the most fun shows and like DJ nights in Scotland too. People were so just crazy and so such fans of music. So yeah, um, I imagine it was really fun playing there. And- yeah. Well, it's so different there. I think that that's another um, whole part of this is that one thing is that in, in Europe and the UK for the most part, like, um, you don't just like go and play a show and people just like 
kind of were like, I don't know, I'm just going to go to this club tonight and just see what the act is. It's like they study everything about you and they go on purpose to see you and and everyone you're playing with. And like they ask you who like, I mean, they know everything and, and they'll and they're like, depending on which country, I know Germany gets a lot of flack for this, but they'll just be like, I really liked your set, except the third song. I don't think you should play that or like. Uh, that shirt doesn't really work. Like, just this super honest and like also, um, studied opinion about you. That's like mm-hmm. here, here it seems like to me when we're on tour, it seems like almost everyone was like, yeah, I was just wanted to go out tonight. So I went to this club and I'm happy we got to see you. Like, um, but there, yeah, it seems like people really do their homework. And also, um, Europe, shockingly gives money and cares about artists like they want uh they consider culture to be important and they want people like their their culture to spread spread around europe and they also want other people to bring their culture because they think that's good for the humans that live in their country um, it's so strange. I don't understand what's going on with those guys. It's spooky. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, and almost even in the poorer the country there, almost the more money they have for arts, which maybe I shouldn't say that because I don't know. I don't know if that's bad, but yeah, like it, it just seems like the, there's like money for squats and like money for like, punk places and money for printing presses for posters and like just so much money for arts there not you know it's just like it's a totally different thing um mm-hmm. i yeah i'm so glad they don't do that here you know <laughs> waste our money on creativity but yeah it's 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 totally different there and um but and it's nice i think the uk is a lot like here in the like as far as how it, I, I'm not sure that they give a whole, a whole heck of a lot of money to their musicians and artists. Um, but I could be wrong about that. But yeah, the European Union, like, really cares. Um, and in the smaller the town you go to, almost it seems like they care more. Um, you know, uh, which is exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited for when it is possible that you'll be able to play shows again. And yeah, and you too. And we'll all be able to play shows again. Yeah, I can't wait. I actually, uh, when I first moved back to Los Angeles, one of the first shows I saw was Fancy Space People. And it was like, oh. blew my mind. Because I, <laughs> I'm obviously, but it was just, I think... Uh, like I had quit music for a few years. I was just like, I don't like this anymore. I don't, it's not working for me no more. And I sold all my like keyboards and I sold all my stuff and I was like, I'm done with this shit. And then I came back here. And at that time there was like, I don't want to be mean to anybody, but I will say that there was like this kind of trend of, almost like every band sort of was trying to do like a Kate Bush kind of thing. And it was very dramatic and, um, and, and it didn't seem, it, it seemed to take itself super serious. And I was kind of like, oh, I'm just not that into this. I think it should be more fun. And I wasn't really used to, I lived in New York. So I was used to 
uptightness in a different way. Like, yeah, we're cooler, tougher, you know, like, but this kind of like artistic uptightness was confusing to me. And I didn't think I could be part of it. And then I saw fancy space people and I was like, Oh my God. Like, yes. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, it just blew my mind. I was like, okay, cool. So I can do what I want. Like, don't have to do this like dramatic kind of like thing, which is good for other people, but for a shy little lady, I was just like, I can't do that. I just cannot. I have no interest, but yeah, fancy space people save my life. I will say that. Yeah, they're they're great, and I can't say enough good things either about Dawn and Nora yeah. as individuals and what they both have have done over the years for the scene and the underground community in Los Angeles. I mean, it's such a it's a big deal. Yeah, and I just I love to like Dawn's such like an imp and <laughs> in so much great music and fun bizarre stuff, and that, that's the thing. The art is very it's fun. Yeah. And it's serious. Yeah. Serious fun. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Yeah. But, um, yeah, both of And, um, yeah, I love fancy space people. And it's also part of that whole thing of, like, really put on a show. Don't yeah. act like you're not trying or don't care, because then why should I have the time for you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, totally. I, I think that they there was, like... Um, it was some Christmas song. I can't remember which one, but it was some Christmas song and it, uh, and they, what's it called? Like a medley. It's like, I think I moved here maybe around Christmas time and it was a Christmas song into like Sabbath, this medley. And for some reason it was like, I seriously felt like born again or whatever. Just this yeah. craziest, like, yes. Like, where was the show? I think but- it was at the Echo. Maybe, like, and these are baby memories, like, really. Right, how long, what year was this, do you remember? I feel like it might be, like, 10 years ago. Okay. Which is weird, because I thought I had... I was probably a patient. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could have given you a hug at it. Yeah. Now, but, yeah, it's, I thought I had only been here, like, seven years, but I think it's been, like, 10 years, and this was... It's weird how time just goes... But... It sure does. It sure does. But yeah. Um, and I played in a band with Danny. Uh, oh, great. I was that, the first band I was in when I moved here was with him. And I was like, I can't believe I'm in a band with fancy space people. Per- <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, how cool. Yeah. Wow. It's so funny. Um, we talk about this a lot. It, it seems like sometimes people like, you're like, why did I never get to know this person before or even know them period. And then, somebody comes into your life at a very important time and maybe like it wasn't until now that we were getting to know each other because I think like what we're doing right now and communicating and talking about all these things, it's, it's really important. It's very uplifting to me. Like, yeah, there's been so little human interaction, you know, positive human interaction recently. And although we ran into you, we, we spoke with you at when, uh, Ian Sinonius and Alexandra were, doing their uh, move, one of their movie uh, But this was pre-COVID, though. Yeah, That was right. also very important, and I was like, oh, she's so nice, and she <laughs> such a light to her, you know? That's oh, thank you. Yeah, at awesome. that, their their movie, the teenage... Uh, what is was it? it teenage Surrealism? Or? Teenage Surrealism. 
That was yeah. cool. Yeah, I didn't, but I did not know you are you, you know? Um, yeah. So that's exciting. <laughs> so that's exciting for me. But yeah, those those are other humans that make the coolest stuff. Um, that's true. So yeah, I I haven't, I don't know if it's like a purchasable thing, his new... Um, the like cellophane flag thing. Do you know what that is? Yeah, you, you can, yeah, we got a copy upstairs. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can buy those. Okay, cool. I want to buy it then. Um, yeah, and he was, I've known him forever and ever, but he was like, he was kind of the first person I hung out with when I was here. And I was like, uh, I was like, what's up with this place? Like, Am I ever gonna be in a band again? Like, what is gonna happen in my life? Um, but, and that's funny too, is like, I know him from obviously from DC, but we were never really friends until, until I landed here with no friends. Um, and he introduced me to a bunch of cool people. So that's cool. We saw. uh, Ian and Alexandra perform his escapism at the Bob Baker yeah. Oh, uh, cool. that theater, and that was so. That was it was such a so great good. show. Oh, so good. And I feel like, um, uh, yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day, and they it was just, it was kind of like watching like the classic Muppet show <laughs> in the seventies with some great artists, yeah. because they had all the puppets coming out and interacting, and you know, Ian is just so just. <sighs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, really something. And, uh, but I I love all the shows of theirs that I've seen. Yeah. I feel like he's, um, I've, I enjoy his music more and more every year. Like I like, I like where he's headed, which is, I think, you know, funny is I know a lot of people are into like people's first stuff and then the rest of it, they're like, it Uh sucks. But for him, I just feel like, like for me, like it was like Chain in the Gang was my favorite of all of the stuff, kind of. And then now, like Escapism, I feel like he in Escapism almost has like one of the best guitar tones of of almost any guitar player. It is so cool. I've been meaning to tell him that, but then I was like, "Is that weird?" <laughs> but <laughs> it is. That, that is a good point you bring <laughs> up, though. It's nice when you see artists sort of evolve and change and you like all the different phases but but there's something great about right now yeah and seeing it yeah in action. so yeah we're, yeah. we're lucky and yeah uh, well for him i mean not to not to blow blow him up or nothing but uh i didn't i wasn't like i was friends with him but i wasn't really aware of the music of the makeup or like nation of ulysses or anything i just didn't not familiar with it but uh so i i started after that so i feel like pretty lucky that like just like i guess i'm a real um rock and roll human like i really like it i really like it dirty and messy um and soulful i Mm -hmm. feel like yeah it's right it's right for me right now (laughs) yeah is there anyone else that you guys are um super into or I imagine a lot of people but is there anyone you wanted to mention oh there's so many current artists or 
uh, we talked about Tim Burgess, and now he's doing new recordings in Wales right now that so cool. I'm really excited about. Is that um, where he's from? Uh, no, he's uh, he's from England, but okay. there's that great studio, uh, Rockfield, uh, in Wales, where he's been recording. Don't quote me on this, but I think uh, <laughs> Tim Presley and Kate LeBon um, in some capacity have been doing some recordings there. And of drinks, we're a huge we love drinks. drinks. Yeah, we like, but all of the Tim Presley, Kate LeBon, and then together is drinks. They're so yeah. always up for that. Um, yeah, I love that too. Yeah, and uh, gosh, there's going to be probably yeah. soon. I will finish um, a video for Tim Burgess. Um, a lot of the footage was filmed in New York City. The last live shows we ever saw, a lot of the last live shows anybody ever saw in mid March, right oh, wow. as the lockdown. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, finish that video soon. And cool. That would be great. Yeah. And, um, Brian Starr has a new album out that I definitely recommend. Yeah, he's, he's great. Just like one of the... We saw him play in New York, too, during that time period. Yeah, total... Just, all, just like all the right... He just listen, He's one of those artists you listen to and just you're, you're thankful uh, is around and, and doing stuff. Um, Rose Keelher. Um, Keelher. Who also plays with... Guitar and uh, Tim's touring band, and right, and then she's also in this group called Lean Logic, which uh, only has a few songs out so far, but they're really, uh, really exceptional. Yeah. Um, she's so cool. It's kind of like it's got kind of almost like a broadcast vibe or stereo lab or something, and she's just really unique and special. And, Obviously, cool. Tim Coe and George Elbrecht, they both are just like on such a roll these days, putting out some of the coolest music. Love, love their music. Um, so there's like... Sophie. Uh, Sophie, she's working on her second album, I think, and that first album she put so out good. was just like perfect. Um, it came out right as COVID began too, so no. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. a lot of, a lot of groups, you know, like, well, like, uh, I really like uh, the new Enjoy and Puzzle. I oh, just thought cool. of them. Oh, yeah. yeah, because the Gardens album came out right before all this happened, like a lot of artists. And all those, all the touring they were going to do with George Clinton got canceled. And so we're in the weird sort of lost year of a lot of these albums where yeah. I don't know what bands will do. Will they pick up? And tour that album that happened a year ago, or do they do do these artists do a whole new album and tour that album? And the Garden are just off the hook live, like it's just it really is something. That yeah, when it happens again, yeah, live, I think in, in the world, yeah, that which is saying a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's I've always been like um, jealous of them. I've always wanted to have like a sibling to play with, like. Um, that just seems like the coolest thing. It really is. Especially when, if you get along with them enough to, <laughs> to do yeah. that too. Yeah, they have such a natural thing going. It's just, yeah, it's we really, love, we love the Vada Vada verse. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and are, are you putting out new music? Um, Mr. Weirdo? <laughs> well, uh, there's something going on with um, in another 
personality that okay. I inhabit that's working on some music with uh, Jason Faulkner, who's also a oh, dear cool. name here yeah. at Weirdo Music Forever and way outside of it, too. He's an interesting talent because uh, he's brilliant and he's, there's so many different ways you might know him. You could know him from uh, Air, you could know him from Beck, you could know him from Paul McCartney, from Jellyfish, The Greys, Daniel Johnston, all these crazy his own stuff. His own his solo, solo stuff, stuff, which is amazing. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, Bobby Weirdo's alter ego is working on new music. Um, and Bobby Jason, Weirdo's alter ego has been working on a lot of music. Jason, so uh, many songs, producing and arranging and that's playing crazy. on it, and that's, yeah, it's pretty is fun. that? Are you at your home, which is a studio? We yes, are indeed. So is, cool. And uh, Bobby's alter ego is fortunate enough, too, that our studio is just a mile and a half from Jason and Faulkner's studio. And, um, you know, it's it's a strange time to be working with people, but... But making it happen... Yeah. It's not so strange, too, you know. It also isn't. I think if this was, like... In the beginning, I was like, oh, you... Like, this is... This is seasonal. This is going to be like four months. Like you need to slow down anyways. Just take a deep breath. Look at your life. What do you want? Like, what are you actually doing? And now it's like, Mm -hmm. it's been a year. Like, it's okay if you're gonna like put your life first. I think like to a certain degree. And I don't think it's that fair that our job, um, is the most dangerous one like and we can't you know it's like we can't do our job at all until until this is gone so if you can take precautions and do it that's fair like this job is just as important as other jobs like it's so true you know it really is like it's just i don't know this job is important and it's everyone else is finding a way to do their job um I don't think we should have to wait. I think a year is too long. Like I, I I wanted to be socially responsible and like make sure that I didn't contribute to any extra people getting sick. And I, I think I did a good job. I didn't do anything. Uh, I didn't break any rules, but now it's been a year and like, it's like, I I have to do my job, you know, (laughs) like you do too. So if you go record with people, you know, it's like, you know, the risk, but it's, just do it safely and you're going to help the world because you can't turn off music for a year. And, you know, and, and I don't, the answer to like whether people are going to pick up where they left off or just move on. Like, I don't, I don't really know either Mm -hmm. (laughs) what what I'm going to do, but I know that it's weird. Like in a way I want to start tour back up and I want to bring like a kid's chorus and I, but I don't think I can do that. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but this, this time has made me realize like I, my favorite thing to do is sing with other people. Um, and so I want to bring like as many people on tour as possible. Um, and, and that's not, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm, I guess I'm safe for (laughs) safe, not getting to do it for a bit. I got this crazy mask like made on Etsy that's for singers. And it looks like I have a, like I'm a duck bill platypus or something. So wow. it's, um, yeah, the lady who made them, she made it for choral groups and 
I haven't wow. been a part of a choral group uh, since this began, and I. But I guess if you, it makes sense. Like uh, I did wear it for a little bit of recording because I actually, I mean, it it sounded not quite as great as you know. But um, since there was somebody else in the room with me, um, yeah, it was kind of neat. But yeah, there's, there really is something about singing with people. And um, do you know Claire McCallan? Yeah, I don't like personally, but I mm-hmm. I'm super super into the is it honey. Honey Child. Yeah. Yeah, I love her. And she definitely really sort of, you know, facilitated like groups of people and ladies singing together. Yeah. I love how special and magical and healing that can be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask them if they could sing with us because it's just, to me, like, it got to a certain point where, um, yeah, we sing these songs like 150 times at least a year in front of people. And I was like, man, we shouldn't be just singing about like, like we have a couple songs that are about like dancing. And I was like, no, it needs to, we need to like write spells and like do some serious, you know, it's just like the options are unlimited. And I wanted to write stuff like, that could maybe like, I don't know, do something magical. And I think the more voices you have singing with intention, like the higher your capacity for magic is. And yeah, I really want to like talk to her about like singing with us and you should come sing with us too. Like I just, I want to sing with everybody so bad. Um, Cause I didn't realize before that that's, that's what I like to do is like, is be just like be the glue that holds a bunch of different voices together, you know? That's funny. <laughs> can I tell you about a show I did once? Um, it was Please. gosh, 2016, and I, uh, my friend Madison Renee Mop, I think I'm pronouncing it right, she has a band called MRK, and she was doing, um, uh, uh, residency at this place called Honey Trap. And each night represented something. She asked me to play it, um, one of those nights. And the night she, it was like life, like birth, love, life. And I got death. And I was like, what am I going to do about this? And at the time I was actually really, I was still grieving over my father's passing and, a close friend of mine had died and there's just a lot of, um, for the first time in my life, I was like actually feared death in this way that I never had. I just felt like I was soaking in it. So I had this idea. I'm like, I'm going to stage my own funeral. (laughs) So I had this whole show and I had, um, a bunch of friends that served as my pallbearers and, um, got 250 candles and passed them all out. Um, and I got a bunch of friends together, Nora Keys, Madison, MRK, um, uh, um, sorry, but it was a bunch of girls and, um, it was, it was so neat. And so, um, the pallbearers like brought my, my dead body <laughs> down the aisle and they were all singing and, um, and then they sort of told me to wake up and, uh, 
yeah, it was, it was really, it was really neat, but That's just so seeing cool. it, it was, it was also interesting because, you know, it's supposed to be dead and, you know, it's, it was this amazing kind of like, I have nothing to do right now, but just like feel this moment, you know, and it was really, it was really cool. And just hearing all their voices and the way they, they work together, it was, yeah, it was pretty incredible. That sounds so magical. It's it's so so cool, so powerful. Like, yeah, I've I've just yeah, I spent like I guess the last two years like kind of learning about all this weird stuff or whatever, but about power and like intention and um, manifestation and stuff, and that's super cool. Like people getting together. I guess that's what music I'm into. I think I, I, that's something I've learned this like coronavirus season is like, I love like field recordings or anything of just a bunch of people singing in unison to me is like my favorite sound. Who knew? I did not know that, but it's kind of thinking like I want to start like a kid's chorus. Um, but then I also think like, I also, I also think, I don't know. I was going to try and do one, um, before, but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think what you said is super cool. (laughs) I think what you said is super cool. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, kids are uh, fun to work with. I don't know if you know any kids, but they're pretty fun. They are. They're they are like, I don't like all kids, but there are some <laughs> kids that are really, really neat. And yeah, there's, there's something about hanging with them too, that just kind of brings out this, this different thing in me. And Yeah. Well, they're really good at singing. Like, I think all kids have the best voice. Like, as yeah, it sounds so cool. It's great too. If they haven't been told like, Oh, you don't have a kid's voice or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You I just like go for it. I like to get the hopeful ones and try and keep them that way. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> I guess well, that I think is- that's, I think that's sounds pretty awesome. And, you know, hopefully as, as time goes on and there's a lot of hope with the vaccine and maybe they should have a, a separate tier for musicians. I kind of, that's what I've been thinking about lately. Like, <laughs> I just, it's, it's so, I just think it's not, a less important job. That's what I've been thinking about all day today. It's like, it's not a less important job. Like, you know, it's not like, I just don't get why. Um, I don't think it's less important than like retail. Like, you know, I don't think, and we have to be in a room together for hours and hours and hours without a mask to do it. I, I think we should get, I don't know, at least regular human treat treatment. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. I know we're not, we can't feed people, uh, per se, regular food, but we you feed their soul. We feed their soul. <laughs> and that's important, you know, especially yeah. now. Um, like, I wouldn't take it away from somebody that, you know, is sick or something, but it's like, yeah, lately I've been like, our job is important. Like, I want to like yell from the, about to say i want to yell from the ceiling but no i want to go higher than the ceiling i want to yell from the mountain (laughs) speaking of we live in a neighborhood that's it's in a valley and there's houses and apartment buildings and all sorts of things and there's something about the sound i don't know if you've heard like the think the healthcare workers at eight o'clock oh yeah it is 
it's really, it's still actually pretty loud around here, but not quite as much as early on. Yeah. It was just the most wonderful, joyous sound of people like going out, hitting pots and pans. And That's so cool. Shouting and howling and uh, somebody playing uh, the Star Wars theme on a trumpet. <laughs> and just the way so it cool. echoed through the the canyon is, is really cool. And I was like, there's something very therapeutic about this. Like um, his joke was like, okay, COVID goes on. It's going to be like SpongeBob, like me. And like, you're just like, it's like, everybody's like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so maybe that's where we're at a little bit. Not that we don't still really appreciate healthcare. Yeah. Really. No. Everybody that's doing their part and staying safe and, keeping others safe and yeah yeah it's huge but but i feel like it would be neat if there could be some sort of ritual like that that people didn't have to do it but maybe if you could you just kind of go outside and make a bunch of noise yeah Uh, i'm all for rituals (laughs) that sounds so fun think of one and i'll participate with you (laughs) um but i do know that uh like my roommate's a healthcare worker and he's like, he, it meant so much to him and his friends. Like they really, cause I, I feel like, I don't know if they were like eight o'clock every day, they were like, yeah, musicians. I probably I would be like, yeah, you're, you're welcome. But like they really, it really like lifted their spirits, which I think is awesome. You know, like, um, cause yeah, they've been dealing with this shit, you know, this whole time. Um, and they, yeah, not, as you can imagine, it's like a nightmare, uh, worse than a nightmare. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool that you live in a canyon. It is. <laughs> I've heard it's it's really it was really loud too, like in New York City and yeah. places with lots of apartment buildings and different things. And yeah, well, I mean that's one of the beauties of Los Angeles is it is very spread out, and often people have a lot of space. But then for moments like like that. Maybe it's less loud, but yeah, my, <laughs> like one of my really closest friends is an ER doctor in uh, New York. And she sent this video of like all these firemen got on their fire truck. And one dude was like soloing to like uh, the Star Spangled Banner and like clapping for the doctors. And she's like, she's like as short as me. She's like five feet tall. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so cute. Lucy, there's firemen are congratulating you. Like you won life. Like firemen are proud of you. You know, it's like all that stuff is super cool. Um, but well, is there anything else that you guys would like to add? I think I would like it. You did write this list and, but it would be cool if you could, um, like if you wanted to just text a list of stuff we could um note and uh is there anything else that you would like to share no we're just thankful that uh people like you are doing constructive things like this and continuing the conversation about what not just what we're going through but also where we're going to be after this era is behind us and it will be behind us of why we do music and how we do music and how we interact with each other. I think that uh, it's a crucial thing. I agree with you that 
we made the Super Bowl work. We make these big sporting events work. So it's time to figure out how to make music and art and other uh, endeavors that we do here work as well. And while we can't make some of those decisions, you taking initiative and doing your podcast Mm -hmm. and looking at new models and new ways to uh, get the word out there, get art out there, uh, get compensation for artists. All of these things are really important. So I uh, just want to get that in there. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, I think the thing I miss the most of shows is, yeah, <laughs> is everyone going to one place with excitement as their goal uh, and feel like this is exciting <laughs> it's exciting to talk to you guys i thank you it's so exciting much. talking to you yeah, yeah what is that i just wanted to show you i need i need a great it person to come over stat because with a mask on because this computer is haunted i don't know if you can see wow. it wow oh my god that's so cool <laughs> i don't even know what happened it's i think it, i think i should be worried right it's haunted it's haunted for sure Somebody calls Zach Baggins. <laughs> that's so cool. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That's like gorgeous. That's thank you. Thank you so much. Really. This cool. been... <gasps> oh my gosh. What did it say? I don't know. I think it said it wanted to be involved. <laughs> You're involved. <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much um, I uh, we gotta play together when playing together I, w- I would love that I would love that thank you so much thank you so much